It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, July 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has a lot of questions about that fifth overall pick, and apparently so do all of you out there. And as they should. As they should. All right, we'll get to your questions coming up next. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello out there. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LockdownFlyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. That's two of the ways you can send us mailbag questions, which we will get to on today's show, as well as a little bit of Flyers news, including our preseason schedule. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Russ, I don't even know what to say because yesterday we actually got some information from the Flyers directly. It's a Festivus miracle. But it was secondhand, like we already knew from the other organization. Some some of it. Some of it. Okay, yes. Fine. It was just it was just a welcome change of pace to hear yeah. some things. Now we did hear a third thing from an outside source, so it's not perfect, but <laughs> just it's so funny. It is so it funny is. to me. I don't know why. But we did get that uh full preseason schedule from the Flyers. Of course, we knew about the two games in Boston, one on yep. September 24th, one on October 1st, and we also knew about the game in Buffalo on September 27th. We did find out about the game on September 28th against the Washington Capitals, and then we have two games against the Islanders to wrap up the preseason on the 2nd and the 4th of October. So there you go. We've got six games on the schedule for next season. I feel like I should go to that game on the 2nd, then I could hang out with some uh, buddies for my birthday the next day. Ah, good to know. I feel like that might be a good thing to do. We'll see. Because I haven't been to the new place yet. Well, that would be in my neck of the woods. So you should make the trip. (laughs) All right, we also got the official announcement from the Flyers on the hiring of Brad Shaw as an associate coach, which is his title. We had been saying assistant coach because we didn't know because we only knew from the Vancouver Canucks what was happening there. But uh, that's good to know that it's officially official and that he will be covering the defense and presumably the penalty kill. Great. Who's doing the power play? I don't know. That is a TBD, which we are anxiously are we gonna hear that? Cause... Are we going to hear that from another team first? I wonder. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear it from some like media person. That's my prediction, okay. is that we'll find out. The other thing we did learn is, again, from an outside source, we learned from Newman University 
that the Flyers invited Jasmine Martinez, who's a senior on their women's hockey team, to uh, go to Montreal. And assuming they make the pick, she's going to announce that fifth overall pick on the big uh, coverage up there. So that'll be pretty cool for her. I love it. I just hope she knows it's like a 50-50 proposition. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, A couple of things about Jasmine is that she is a graduate of the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Program and got a scholarship to Newman University through that program. They have a partnership where they uh, give some of their students uh, and hockey players scholarships. And uh, it's a really, really cool program. That's part of what Ed Snyder Youth Hockey does. And she's also a member of Team USA Ball Hockey, which is pretty cool as well. That's awesome. Yeah, ball hockey is not easy. It is not. I have tried it. And it is, uh, I think, harder than ice hockey in some ways. All right, we had some other news around the NHL on hirings, and I love all of it, but it also kind of makes me wistful that the Flyers have not branched out a little bit more and gotten more diverse in their hirings. But all of these are great, great signs that the tagline of hockey is for everyone might actually get somewhere at some point. But uh, we learned that Jessica Campbell was hired as an assistant coach for Coachella Valley, which is the new AHL affiliate for the Seattle Kraken. So she will become the first woman who is behind the bench for an AHL team. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's great news. Uh, Good for Seattle to do it. I I feel you because like the Flyers definitely need uh, assistance in Lehigh. They could have done it. They didn't. I mean, TBD, I guess, if if we hear anything else about additional coaching changes in Lehigh Valley, but the potential is certainly there and there are definitely qualified women candidates for these positions and Seattle has proven that. Yes. We also learned that Haley Wickenizer was promoted in the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs organization to assistant GM. So that's fantastic for her. She's been in player development for... Uh, at least four years now, but obviously has a huge hockey career before that uh, as experience. Yeah, you know, a little bit. Can't (laughs) say I rooted for her. I did. Well, (laughs) that's true. true. (laughs) Um, The Leafs also added Jill Reiner to their analytics team. So again, just another qualified woman getting a job in hockey. Um, we also learned that a little while ago that Emily Engel was hired by the Caps as a video coordinator. So that's a full-time coaching yeah. position as well. So plenty of teams out there doing the work and finding great candidates for these roles. And then we also learned yesterday Mike Greer is the new GM of the San Jose Sharks, first black GM in NHL history. Yep, it's taken a while. I'm happy it's happened finally. It's great. He's a good guy. Uh, word is maybe uh, David Quinn has an inside track on that because Greer likes him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I'm really excited about that hire for them too. And I think, you know, just from a Sharks perspective, it does put them in a better position now where they can begin to hire for the other roles that they have been lacking thus yeah. far. And so good for them. 
And uh, again, it just I really hope this bodes well for the future of other organizations like the Flyers to kind of think outside the box a little bit and get some more creative and, and diverse thinking in management for the team. Yeah, so it's, it's good. It's, it's good. It's, it brings different energy. Absolutely. Uh, just a little fun fact on that hiring in San Jose of Mike Greer from College Hockey Inc. They said that with that hire, now exactly half of NHL GMs played NCAA hockey. It's no shock. I mean, again, it's such a smart way to go. I, I, I have parents who constantly ask me, um, what should my kid do? I think they can play hockey. What I always tell them, Go play NCAA hockey, even if it's even if it's if it's a three tier three team. It doesn't always have to be, uh, you know, a number one. It's it just I always say, listen, it's a great education, and the uh, and the scouts will find you. Yeah, got gotta love it. And uh, we will be getting to your mailbag questions coming up next. But first, we are going to talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league review and news, including Major League Baseball and all the info leading up to next year's NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. The NHL draft is tomorrow, and our team of local hosts and draft experts are breaking it down with insights and analysis for every first round pick. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Flyers on YouTube for all the latest breakdowns of what the Flyers do at this year's NHL draft and more. Okay, Russ, these questions are real good. I'm definitely interested to hear what you have to say on a couple of them in particular, because I'm not quite sure where it's going to go. But (laughs) first up, does Bobby Clark have any input on the draft picks? No. No, I don't believe so. He's not out there looking at players. He's not out there studying players. They might say, hey, what do you think, Bob? But I don't think it has any input now. Yeah, I would certainly hope not. I, I don't think that's like something he needs to be doing or should be doing. You know, if he wants to have input on kind of the overall direction of the team or just show up to alumni or help even on faceoffs, you want to help yeah. some you know, players they have on faceoffs, fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, I agree. I hope he does not have any input on the draft picks. And by help, I Unless mean. Unless he cheating. knows them right. Yeah. By, and by help, I mean. Showing guys how to cheat on faceoffs because that's what Bobby Clark used to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the only input he should have is if he knows any of them personally and wants to give his two cents. Yeah, for there's other a guy from Flin then... Flon, and you want to know mm-hmm. about Flin Flon? Ask Bobby sure. Clark. Sure. All right, next question. Should the Flyers trade their pick? Would not having first round picks two years in a row be considered a failure in management? Is there a time when trading that fifth pick would be acceptable? So there is a time when it's acceptable. If like last 
this past season, the Colorado Avalanche traded the fifth overall pick because they felt like they needed that one piece to win the cup, and then they won the cup. It's totally acceptable. Even if you make it to the cup, it's totally acceptable. Even if you lose in the conference finals and it's a hard loss, pretty much acceptable. But if you don't have first pick, first round picks for two years in a row and you're not a highly contending cup team, it is not acceptable. Yeah, that's exactly where I am on on that point. I think that uh, the Flyers are not in a position where trading away that pick as that last piece, like you said, uh, makes any sense whatsoever. They're a building team or they were a collapsing team that needed to bolster its prospect pool with higher quality players, like especially with the high level draft pick they have this year. I, I just don't think there's any good reason it's in you know we'll talk about Debrinket, i'm sure coming up oh, but yeah. uh, uh i think especially in that situation I, I think it would be a failure in management to make that trade okay we have a another claude Giroux rumor out there apparently he could be heading to edmonton is that realistic or a good fit i don't think it's realistic i i they have to get their goaltending situation straight first, and they're lucky that Mike Smith is going to go on LTIR. But, you know, Drew's going to want four or five million bucks at least. I don't see where they're going to fit it in. I don't see why he'd want to go there. I don't see it happening. I don't either. It kind of puzzles me. I mean, I don't know if it's like Canadian centrism speaking. Could be. Where some some markets just think they have a, a stronger pull than others. I mean, look, know, they're especially. a contending team and all. It's just yeah. like, where's he going to play? Like Ryan Dugent Hopkins is your 2C. Like, where are you going to mm-hmm. put? So if he's on the wing, even on those top in the top six, can he even play in the top six on that team? I don't know. I don't know either. And I think he'll demand too much money but that he deserves. I'm not saying right. he doesn't deserve that. But I think based on what they need to do, I don't think adding Claude Giroux is the solution for the Oilers to take that next step. Agreed. Okay, next question. Assuming Ivan Fedotov does not come over from Russia, what should the Flyers do about the backup goalie position in addition to having Felix Sandstrom? Well, unfortunately, Felix Sandstrom now that he they're going to get a, a, a known backup and Sandstrom is just going to be on the outside of that. Like, unless that guy gets hurt, Sandstrom will get some games, but he's not going to have any real chance or path now to get that backup job. You really think that? Yep. I mean, I think they're going to sign somebody else. Don't get me wrong. I just still think there's a chance for him to compete in, in this. I don't think it's realistic. I think he'll compete in the sense that sure he's competing, but uh, they're going to sign a guy and it's going to cost them, you know, a million bucks at least. And they don't have to pay Sandstrom a million and Sandstrom can't really do anything about it. So that this guy's going to get every opportunity. So I just don't see this person losing the job. Yeah, I, I guess it'll depend on who they sign, in my opinion, because I think that they're still in this situation where they don't have a lot of cap space, right? Mm-hmm. And even if they make a little bit of cap space, their other needs seem to be a higher priority, at least to me. Anyway. Well, now, though, and because so of what's they... happened or what might be happening, um, because you won't have, like, two goalies that you have one mm-hmm. job for, so this way you could switch out to the other one, I think now they're going to have, they're going to be kind of skittish about it and, and just get somebody they know they can put back there. 
That could be. That very well could be. And and that's really where I was going with it is that okay. if they go with somebody who's sort of an established NHL backup person, I think you're right. But I also think because of money reasons, they could be forced to sign somebody that's more borderline. And in that case, I think there could be some competition there for Felix Sandstrom to get a shot. But I do think they're going to have to sign somebody else. I think you're right there. I just don't know that they'll have the money to get somebody more established. Okay. All right. Uh, on that fifth overall draft pick, is there any chance left that the Flyers will pick Matt Savoy if he's available? Well, there's always a chance. And I would hope that someone like Danny Briere would, you know, step up and say, hey, um, I think this guy can play. And, but, you know, again, I'm seeing such weird reports now just from different writers and and it's not an emblematic of what the flyers are thinking it's just like this these stories that are out there and it just drives me crazy with savoy because it's like listen um i haven't heard some of these that are put out there all i can tell you is he's smart he can score he's like a coach on the ice and he's very good defensively and so he has all the makings of an nhl center that's all i can tell you yeah, I think it's interesting that you bring up Danny Briere because obviously he's a smaller guy, right, who mm-hmm. was successful in the NHL. I mean, not as a center, that's for sure. But no, but in an era that small guys had a hard time playing. Exactly. I think there's a lot of parallels there. And if Danny Briere can speak to that and have a strong enough voice at the table, I do think it's possible that Savoy could end up being the pick if he's available. And mm-hmm. I, I want that to be a possibility. And again, you know, if it's Juracek, I like that pick too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that Me there's too. several good options out there depending on who's available. And so I may not say, oh, that's a bad pick. Um, but I just want to make sure that Savoy is under consideration and, and not being dismissed. And let's not build dismissed. up Cutter to something that he may not be right now. Uh, just to say that's who should be that pick too, because again, I think you're you're adding an element of risk putting Gauthier fifth because now you're pretty much banking he's going to be a good center, and if he's not, it's fine. He'll be an NHLer, but then you've already sort of like, you know, messed up on the pick a little bit where you could have gotten him a little later, a couple picks later, whatever. Could have gotten another asset for him. Like, don't start overthinking that. I think that's not a good idea. Definitely not. But I, I do certainly hope they give Matt Savoy proper consideration and don't dismiss him because of his size. And, and look, and it's also, sorry, it's also being written, you know, Carter Savoy played with Bobby Brink, you know, his, his brother. So in Denver, so they, they know about him. They do. All right. Coming up next, we've got some more questions from you, including one on James Van Riemsdyk. Uh-oh. We've got one on neutral territory games and even a question about Gary Bettman. So <laughs> we'll get to that coming up next. All right, Russ, uh, this is the question with the rumors flying out there about Alex DeBrinket. And do you think that the Blackhawks are going to go back to the Flyers if they're unable to get what they're asking for from other teams. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Because I think every team in the league knows that there's a 
air of desperation with the Flyers to add a big name, whether it's via free agency or trade or even add two big names if now we think Ryan Ellis goes on LTIR when the season starts. So I do think there's this desperation to do that, to market the team, to get more ticket sales. And if I'm a GM of the Blackhawks, I'm absolutely going back. And what I might say is, hey, I know you said the fifth's off the table, but guess what? Now we'll take, you know, two first-round equivalents and that fifth pick. And you never know when the point is where Chuck's going to say yes. So that's where, you know, you, you as a fan, you have legit source of worry. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at this from the other side as well, where the Blackhawks could, in fact, be asking too much for Alex to bring mm-hmm. it, and then maybe they'll end up lowering their threshold for what they're going to well, ask. Well, they did. In, in this thing, they did lower the threshold, but they asked for different things. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. times all you have to do is sort of change it up till it sounds right. And, every you know, it's like anything else. It's like any other negotiation. You take this, I'll put that back. How about this? Okay. You know what I mean? It's just after a while, you could come to an agreement that you didn't think was there. But, like, I still think it's only like a 25% to 30% chance it happens. But in the end, if you're telling me I think the fifth pick is untouchable for the Flyers, I'm going to laugh at you because, you know, even I've heard even today that there's a few GMs that are definitely willing to trade their picks if they got what they wanted in this draft. So that's all I need to know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that it's an interesting situation just because I think that both Chicago and the Flyers are sort of sitting in positions of power in different ways in this negotiation. But thinking about your point in terms of them needing to make a splash that is that going to weaken Chuck's resolve at all? I don't know. Look, the I'll even give another name that. here um, and, and a story. The name is Brent Burns. He's now out there and back in the, uh, at the Minnesota draft, whatever year that was when Couturier got drafted, uh, Brent Burns got traded that day, but he was already set up to sign autographs for upper deck the next day. And he still showed up. He still showed up. There was a massive line of people. And and that was sort of like his goodbye to the fans. And he showed up and he signed autographs all at that draft. Do I think there's a chance that the Flyers would be interested in Burns? Yeah, I do. Especially if um, San Jose ate a little salary. There's three years left on his deal. Chuck Fletcher certainly knows him. If Mm -hmm. Ryan Ellis is out for the year, you know, you could see it. Do I think it's ideal? No, but I'm just telling you, I think things like this are going to cross the desk and be looked at and talked about and called on. Yeah. Now that wouldn't involve the fifth pick. That would be different. Right. Exactly. And that's where I think my line is. And and it feels like Chuck Fletcher's line is too, that he really wants to hold on to this pick. Ah, you know, got to go with what you know at the moment, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. In terms of getting rid of James Van Riemsdyk's cap hit, uh, there has been questions out there via Elliot Friedman about Seattle as a potential destination. Is that possible? No, I don't think Dave Haxtell enjoyed James Van Riemsdyk because I don't think he plays Haxtell hockey. Uh, Again, we're talking about this has been a situation for two years. Don't you think if they'd have done it, they would have done it last year when they had a tremendous amount of cap space and they were building a brand new team? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so too. If it was going to happen, it would have happened last year. And there's something with, uh, to your point about Hackstall and JVR, I don't think they meshed very well either. And I, I just don't know that Seattle's the right spot. I mean, if they had a different coach, maybe, but again, right. they still would have done it last year. Right. I really don't think he's going to be traded anywhere unless the Flyers give up a pick again, which I don't think they should do. I think they should just buy him out. I'll say it. It's like a thousand times I've said it. I'll say it again. <laughs> well, I agree with you on that point. All right. A uh, slightly different question here. The LA Kings, Vegas Golden Knights, and other teams often do special one-off preseason games in neutral markets. Would you like to see the Flyers do that too? And where would that be and against who? So a neutral market game, is it, and it's an outdoor game? No. No, it's not. not it's outdoors. just a neutral It's market. just a, pr- a neutral preseason game. Like the uh, LA Kings and Vegas Golden Knights do a preseason game in Salt Lake City. Yeah, I think... Um, I think a good one could be the um, Flyers against the Rangers at like West Point. Uh, it's a nice oh, small yeah. rink. It's it's cool. I think that would be a good one. I think if you went, um, I don't know, I don't know if the Ice Palace still exists, but if you did something like that with the West Coast, could you open that place up for a game? Like I don't know, I don't know if that place still exists, but that would be a cool thing. I would be looking to do things like that. I think for me, it would be fun if the Flyers and Pens played preseason in Wheeling, where okay. the Nailers play. <laughs> like, pro hockey in West Virginia, how amazing would that be? Yeah. Would be, so uh, that is, that is my hope, wish, and dream for the future. We'll see if it happens. It looks like the East-West Ice Palace does still exist. So, yeah, you play something like that at, at a rink like that. I don't know what the capacity is. That's, you know. All right, last question. Uh, will the booze for Gary Batman be doubled in Montreal because everybody missed out when Colorado won the Stanley Cup? Well, they didn't completely miss out because they mentioned his name and they booed his name. So the, okay. So the heat was strong with that. But, um, you know, because I do the uh, pre and post for Sirius, I'm privy to some information. And right now it's up in the air whether, you know, he'll be there or not. He's feeling better. It's an unclear. It was unclear as of yesterday. Or two Interesting. Days ago. Hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's feeling better. Regardless. Yeah, he is feeling better. They said that, but that's all that we got. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out on Thursday if Gary Bettman shows up. We'll also find out at some point if the Flyers keep that fifth overall pick. Uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, just a draft memory from years gone by uh, when Ivan Provorov was selected. Uh, we have that video from the broadcast that day for you from the 2015 NHL draft. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was a good pick. Now that one, was that the New Jersey draft? Um, I don't remember where that one was. I think it was Nashville. If I'm, uh, 2015 Sunrise. Okay. The oh, one in Florida. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good draft. Actually, I gotta tell you though, you want to talk about Schwitzing, man. I mean, <laughs> I I I lost weight that whole week, just running around sweating the whole time. But we had a good time. Uh, I will say this: there were a lot of good restaurants to choose from. Yeah, there definitely is in that area. I've spent some quality time there myself. 
All right, that will do it for today's show. That was our last mailbag before the draft, getting very close to the day, which is tomorrow. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to just talk about the NHL draft in general, what the day looks like for the teams, for the players, a lot of good stuff coming up on that show. And of course, we'll have a wrap up of the draft later in the week and early next week as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world from Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.